Welcome along to Extra Time here on LCFC TV and LCFC Radio after Leicester's disappointing home defeat to Everton on Sunday. We'll have a look at that. We'll also have a look at the, what happened on Thursday, obviously, in the UEFA Europa Conference League against Roma and what Leicester can do to, to make sure this season ends strongly. We'll look ahead to that Norwich game as well on Wednesday. Uh, Ewan Roberts and Matt Elliott are our guests this afternoon. How are you both doing? Yeah, good. Thank you, Dan. Nice to see you both back safely from uh, from Rome. Yeah, thank you very much, you. And it was a, a nice long trip, wasn't it, Matt? But it was brilliant being there. And again, we've seen uh, too much of each other, I think, <laughs> in the last few days. Never enough, Batesy. Never enough of you, mate. But, um, yeah, it, it was a bit of a mission overall on the travelling side. And things didn't go as hoped for on the football aspect. But uh, it was a memorable trip, I'll give you that. Yeah, to go... In the Stadio Olimpico was uh, something I really looked forward to, and it didn't disappoint. Neither did the atmosphere. Unfortunately, the result did, but uh, yeah, a valiant effort, I think. Uh, some people were disappointed about the lack of penetration, but Roma, good solid outfit, weren't they? But um, that's done and dusted now. It was it was good while it lasted, sort of thing, and you know, unfortunately, it didn't materialise as hoped for, but. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a memorable trip for a number of reasons. Absolutely. Uh, was it the the best atmosphere? Do you think, Matt, you've ever sort of experienced or encountered in football in all your time? Certainly, right up there. I mean, at the time uh, when I was co-commentating, you know, I mentioned something along those lines, and you dropped that question on me. I'm, I'm struggling to think of better, you know, possibly bigger crowds, playing at Wembley, etc., or even opening day of the World Cup, Scotland against France. But in terms of sort of intensity of, of atmosphere, yeah, I'd, it's definitely right up there, if not if not the best. Yeah, I mean, you just sort of imagine playing there that week in, week out. I'm sure the, the atmosphere is not quite as intense um, regularly, but what a place to play your football, isn't it? Yeah, we've been spoiled, I think, this season. While Leicester fans themselves have been spoiled by those, uh, certainly those those recent three trips to Rennes, PSV and Roma, where the atmospheres were all brilliant. Unfortunately, they just fell at that uh, semi-final hurdle. You, you could tell you and there was obviously still natural fatigue, as, as there has been. I think that was Leicester's something like the, the 54th game of the season yeah. yesterday. Natural fatigue yesterday. Also natural disappointment that, that, that came from Thursday. There was always going to be that... That, that hangover, if you like, from the, the disappointing result. Yeah, I mean, especially in, in recent weeks, Dan, I mean, the, the, the fixture pilot for, for Leicester has been relentless. Yeah, they've been playing sort of midweek, Wednesday, Thursdays, Tuesdays, then again on, on a weekend. Obviously, the, the, the club had a, a few problems sort of Christmas time with, with COVID, so they're catching, catching up with the games that, that, that were postponed. And it's not easy. And if you look at the opposition yesterday, Everton are fighting for their lives. They know they're in big trouble. They, they came down to the King Power after a great result last weekend when they, when they beat Chelsea at home, which sort of breathed new hope and new life into, into their survival hopes. So it's never going to be easy. You know, you've got a team in Leicester with nothing to play for, apart from you know, pride and, and Finishing as high up as the Premier League as, as they possibly possibly 
can. Um, Everson, as I say, is just fighting for their lives. Don't want to go down. Although, after saying that, after seeing the game, after seeing the, the saves that Pickford made in that second half, you know, the, the, the Harvey Barnes chances that he had, you know, that probably Leicester will feel as if they should have got something from the game. I don't think, I don't think Leicester were at their best. And it, it has reminded me of games of late where dominated possession, but have, have lacked that penetration in the final third, that creativity. Obviously, there was no James Madison yesterday. And he's a massive, massive miss. I think he's been the, the best player this season. Uh, I thought he was the best player uh, in Rome on, on Thursday night. I thought he was absolutely magnificent. And, and when you take a player of, of James out of your team, you're never going to be as, as threat, threatening, sadly. But all in all, you know, it's, it's been a tough season. It's been a tough season for, for numerous reasons. Yeah, I think before the game, Matt, we kind of all got the sense on match day live. The game could have gone in that sort of direction or it could have been a very cagey game, just purely because of what happened on Thursday and, and the natural disappointment that there was for Leicester. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You, you got that feel um, in the build-up, didn't you? And Leicester <laughs> could, could have played sort of a few worse opponents, really, <laughs> at that time. You know, obviously their desire to avoid relegation, but there were away supporters, you know, who were excellent um, anyway, but had that extra intensity about themselves as well, wasn't it? And that transferred itself to, to Everton's performance, made them more determined. And it, it sort of, it was difficult for Leicester supporters as well to get overly enthused. And they were sort of shouted down a little bit by the away fans and, yeah, Leicester players, for the reasons you've just mentioned there, have just found it difficult to, to get themselves really fired up. But, um, yeah, it was it was all too predictable, maybe, to the way the game was going to go, but, yeah, which, is, which is not acceptable, but understandable. But at the same time, Leicester contributed to the, the downfall as well, didn't they? You know, they, they could have been tighter, more disciplined defensively, particularly on the second goal. And, you know, and a bit more ruthless, as you mentioned there, when chances did arise in the second half. But you just, just never got the feel that they were going to get that equaliser. I don't know why. I mean, it, when you think back, they were presentable, more than presentable opportunities, a couple of times for Barnes in particular. Um, but you just felt that it was Everton's day. Um, and that, that's difficult to come up against, but I don't know. I can understand this disappointment, you know, from supporters on social media, etc., whatever. But um, have a look at the bigger picture, maybe. But you don't want the season to just peter out, that's for sure. No. And Leicester, and look at it all said and done, Leicester 14th place, many reasons for it. Uh, for the season being affected, but Leicester have got to strive for higher than that these days. They have that capability, don't they, for sure. How how do they stop the season petering out, you and how, how do they make sure that the performances maybe or the results aren't like they were yesterday? Because it is quite difficult at, at this stage of the season. It is. You know, uh, and you get the old saying, oh, they, they, we dust ourselves down and we go again. It's been a, it's been a proper hard slog, Dan this season, you know, and 
we've spoken about the, the issues that, and the problems that the, the club have had with injuries. You know, we can't really use that as an excuse over the last three or four weeks because Brendan has got players back fit and, and into his squad and he's used this squad very, very well. You know, he's, he's chopped and changed when when needed to be. He's put priority on, on the Europa Conference League competition. But you've got to have that personal pride. You know, and you look at the remaining four games, I think three of them are definitely winnable. Two teams that are already relegated. Um, Southampton at home, all in dreadful form. Yeah, Chelsea away. Going to Stamford Bridge is never easy. I just, and I think try and finish in the top half. I think that, that would be the target for me now, if I was Brentford. That would be the message I'd be getting. Because that's quite possible. OK, yeah, they're 14th at the minute. But they've, they've, you know, unless they've got games in hand, they can win three of their last four games. There's every chance they, they can finish in the top half once again. One thing I will underline as well, Ewan, is that maybe fans saying, oh, they're 14th, obviously they've got those games in hand. Regardless of that, Brendan Rodgers for the last month, or really since Wren, has, has been making considerable changes to his yeah. starting 11 for the Premier League, yeah. which had they not got through in Europe, he, he wouldn't have done that. So... Totally agree. Do you understand what I mean? That, that he yeah, would have absolutely. Been, yeah, absolutely. He would, he you, you would look, definitely have picked up more points in the Premier League had the European campaign not been And that's, that's, I won't say the problem you get, that's the issues, or these are the issues you have to deal with when you've been successful. You know, when, you, when you've finished in the top five, top six, when you've won a cup competition, when, when, when you're in Europe, these are the things you have to deal with. You know, you look at the teams that are in and around Leicester in, in, that, in, that, in that Premier League. They've had three competitions. A lot of those teams haven't gone far in, in either League Cup or FA Cup. So they've basically had the league to concentrate on. They, they've, they've had weeks and months of playing Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Saturday. They haven't had the fixture backlog, the fixture congestion of so many games. And it's not easy. It's not easy. You know, you, okay, the, the, the so-called big clubs, your Liverpools, your Man Cities, your United, your Arsenal, your Chelsea, they're used to it because they've, they've played in Europe for so many years. This is, this is quite new for Leicester. It's only the, what, the third season that the club has qualified for, for, for Europe. Hopefully, there'll, there'll be plenty more. And the more, the more times they do qualify for Europe, you know, the, the more they will get used to, to this sort of season. Uh, yeah, let's, let's just concentrate on that game again then yesterday for a little bit, Matt. Obviously, there were a lot of chances in that second half for Leicester. They, they came up against Pickford, who at, at the moment is, I'm not going to say single-handedly keeping Everton in the Premier League, but he, he made some brilliant saves against Chelsea in their 1-0 win last week, and then he made some vital saves again for them yesterday. Yeah, listen, he's, he's not England number one for nothing, is he? He's, he's a very decent goalkeeper, and... Yeah, he's coming to the fore in a time of need for Everton. Um, shouldn't be too surprised about that, really. I think he's, you know, he's highly talented, isn't he? But it's what erratic sometimes. But, um, yeah, he was part of, part of Leicester's downfall yesterday. But, you know, again, at times, a couple of instances at least, he possibly shouldn't have been given the opportunity to, to make the save, really. But... Um, but yeah, he, he was he was pivotal for Everton yesterday. I think also sort of character-wise as well, he drives 
teammates on, and he's always on at them, um, barking at them, reminding them what to do. You get to feel that Everton players need that a little bit over this period. But uh, yeah, Leicester, you know, Mendy, Mendy of all people, stretched Pickford to his limit yeah. didn't he, in the second half for a, for a great effort that surprised everyone in the ground, I think, me and you included, basically, because we were just saying that he hadn't scored in his time at Leicester. And I, I mentioned that he probably never will, and then he popped up with that strike. <laughs> Uh, must have heard us talking, but yeah, Barnes, a couple of opportunities, wasn't it? Um, one of them was yeah, an excellent save, sort of scrambled, so pushed away by Pickford, but he probably, it wasn't convincing effort by Barnes, really, didn't put enough on it. And the header going wide, wasn't it? Obviously, Pickford, nothing to do with that, but yeah, he was, he was, a, he was a big barrier, wasn't he? A big barrier, but this just came up a little bit short, didn't make him work quite hard enough, in truth. Uh, Pat Zendaka took his goal well, Ewan, didn't he, yeah. when, when the chance fell to him? Well, he had two defenders against himself. And he's up against Yuri Mina and he's never going to be stronger than Yuri Mina. But what he does, he makes a proper nuisance of himself. He sort of gets his body into Mina, sort of stumbles and, and, and sort of him and Coleman get in each other's way. And once he was through, he just got the feeling he's not going to miss. And it was a terrific finish on his left foot. Um, as Marty alluded to against a keeper banging form in Jordan Pickford on his left foot probably his weaker weaker foot but he had no hesitation in I need to pull this on to my right I've got more more confidence in my right of, of scoring you know no hesitation whatsoever clinical finish and as I say he made that chance himself Dan you know by chase, chasing the lost course making a real nuisance of himself making himself uh, not horrible to play against, if you like, but just just getting his body into into Mina, and say really really good finish, really good finish, and a good response. I mean, you know, conceded that fantastic strike. You know, some goals I think you've just got to admire, and, and Everton's first by uh, Mikolenko, absolutely fantastic strike. Not not too much that you can do defensively about that. In in all honesty, you've just got to admire the goal and. But it was a good reaction and it was a good finish from, from Paxton. It's been a stop-start season for him. You know, he's, he's, he's had to be patient, but I pro he probably knew that when he was signing that he was going to spend lots of time on the bench. But what's he got now? 11 goals in 37 appearances in his first season um, at, his, at a new club. That's, that's a healthy return, I think. Yeah, and, and there was belief, Ewan, that he was going to score, wasn't there? I, I think, as you, oh, as you rightly said, when he was through, I think everyone believed it was going to be a goal. Which is testament to him, in a way. Yeah, it, it's, you know, he's, he's watched a lot of football of, of, of late. You know, earlier in the season, when, when Jamie Vardy wasn't available, he was the one that was getting the nod before Kelechi Iheanacho. In recent weeks, Brendan's turned to Kelechi. Uh, so Patson has been 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 on the on the bench, but every time he's been given an opportunity, Dan, when he's when he's been through on goal like that, he is clinical. You know, the, the the lad can finish. He is a finisher. We've spoken about his goal scoring record at his previous club. It was outstanding. And what is he? Twenty four. You know, he's still still very very young. He's still got lots to learn, obviously. And I think that the the more he plays, I think the better the better he uh, he will get. But there was. I don't think anybody in that in that 
King Power Stadium when they saw him racing through one against one against Jordan Pickford, thought he was ever going to miss that chance. Do you, do you agree, Matt? Do you think that that, that obviously being a, a first season for Pats and Dakar, there was always going to be an element of bedding into the Premier League that, that hopefully, and, it, and if he can get a couple of goals, including yesterday now, towards the end of the season, it'll give him a lot of confidence and, and hopefully next season he'll really kick on. Yeah, I think it was always going to be the case, wasn't it? He's always going to play second fiddle at best, <clears throat> wasn't he, really? But uh, yeah, he's had, had his fair share of opportunities, but it was always going to be yeah, a bit of adjustment. I think coming from where he did, yeah, we, we've mentioned him before, he's obviously a natural goal scorer to score the amount that he has over the period he has. But there's other aspects, other facets to your game that you need to bring in the Premier League and uh, he's, he's, he's developing those and he's still learning them. I think that's quite evident. I think, mean, in truth, you'd probably like to see more of, a, more of an improvement quicker from him in that aspect. Um, looks a little bit off the pace at times. I don't mean he's got a lack of pace, just the, the sharpness and readiness of mind sometimes to, to react or See, see situations developing and then, you know, show, spin, make the run, etc. But having said that, he's shown good intelligence with his timing of his runs at times, on occasions. Um, you know, holding his run and fanning the run out, curbing his runs, etc. Um, particularly in Europe, we saw that. But he's, I think he's found it quite difficult playing that lone role when he does, because, as you have said, he's game. And he'll get his body in there, but I mean, he's a powerful boy. He's got big, strong thighs on him, hasn't he? You know, he's got a good, solid base with which to hold the ball up from. But he's found it a little bit difficult dealing with the um, centre halves, you know, sort of jostling him and etc. And he, I don't know, he, he seems a little bit startled by things on occasion. <clears throat> but he, like you said, he's only more he plays, the better he's going to get. Um, natural finisher. People said it about other strikers before, you know, different clubs. Jamie Vardy is not a bad example. You know, people saying, oh, he's raw, he's not ready for the Premier League and etc. Look what happened there. You know, it's possible that Dakar can go on, not necessarily to Vardy's level, but, you know, go on and surprise a few people, I think, because uh, he's well worth persevering with, put it that way. Oh, absolutely. Uh, next up, Ewan, is, is one of your old clubs, Norwich City, of course. You know an awful lot about them. They're already relegated. Um, will that make them more difficult to play against, do you think, on Wednesday? Is that just a cliche? What, what do you reckon? Um, I don't think so, Dan. I mean, I sort of watched uh, bits of their game against West Ham yesterday, uh, and, and they were awful. You know, they, it looks like they've thrown the towel in. They can't wait for the season to... To finish with them, they've conceded 75 goals in their 35 games. That's two point whatever goals a game. They've only scored 22. Dan, you know, they've got problems in both penalty boxes. They've won one of their last 14 games you know, away from home. They've they've been awful. You know, they've they've lost 12 of 17 away games. They've not scored in 11 of those 17. They're there to be beaten, and I, and I can't see I can't see Dean Smith being able to pick them up for a game that they 
probably just won't, don't want to don't want to be be at in all honesty. I think it does give Leicester a great chance of, of bouncing back and and bringing this poor run of no wins in seven now to to an end. And I, you, I, I was looking and I'm two, the last time Leicester were there, last time Norwich were in the the Premier League, they took four points off Leicester. And had Leicester had those four points, they would have finished fourth above Chelsea. Um, and so, is is there a chance to sort of get one over the team that cost you dearly two years ago? I think I think there's every chance, every chance. I think there's a chance for for for, for Leicester to go out and put a proper shot on in in the King Power and and win the game comfortably, which is needed, Matt. Really, after what happened yesterday. Yeah, it is. You know, anything other than that will receive criticism, won't it? But uh, yeah, need a little, um, a little bit of positivity, I suppose. You know, looking for that against, um, against Norwich on Wednesday, no better opponent really. Talked about Everton being a difficult one at, you know, at that particular time. Norwich. You've got to expect that you're going to, one, dominate the game and two, go and win the game quite comfortably. Um, it, is, it is that stage of the season. It is hard for players to, to motivate themselves, but it's certainly more difficult for Norwich players to motivate themselves than Leicester. Uh, and I think it's a good point that Ewan makes there about you know, what motivational tools does Brendan use, apart from their own personal situation their own standing, say, at the club as well. You know, some players. Um, you're constantly proving yourself at football um, to the manager in particular. You know, your, your worth within the team and prove that you've got a future there. And and also, the fact that you said there about can you get into the top half? I mean, Leicester, these days, most people consider them a top half yeah. Premier League team. and. Definitely. And they need to go and make that happen, really. Anything else, less than that. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a decent achievement in itself. You've got to be realistic, regardless of where Leicester have finished in the last couple of seasons, whatever. Um, you're always looking to, you know, do as well as possible, of course, aren't you? But that's a good achievement in itself. That's what, but for size, a couple of size of Leicester. But anything below that is below par pretty much, isn't it? So um, that's the incentive that, and the motivation that Rogers can instill in his players. And you, you look at the fixtures that are left, including Norwich, obviously there's what Watford and, and Southampton, you know, and, and obviously we know Chelsea away. Their home form hasn't been great, certainly in, in 2022. That, there, are, there are very winnable games for, for Leicester. So they can put a, a completely, not a completely different spin, Matt, on, on the season, but they can certainly end the season strongly and, and get into that top half and then suddenly a European semi-final, a quarter-final defeat in the, the Carabao Cup to the eventual winners, Liverpool, a top 10 finish in the Premier League, considering the amount of injuries there's been. That, that isn't a, a, a horrendous season that, that maybe there is a feel that it is at the moment, which I completely disagree with, but it wouldn't even be a bad season when you look at the facts like that. No, no, exactly. You know, things, things can change quickly, in different perspectives, etc. And I think, Again, you know, yourself and you have mentioned about the difficulty of playing in Europe. That is a big factor. And not just 
now at this stage of the season, you know, earlier on in the campaign as well, there were, there were adjustments. People were quite quick to forget, you know, it's a, a balancing act. You know, you, you, you can't put your best team out every single time because over the long term, those performances um, and results are going to tail off. So then, you, you know, then you'd bring in, it's a tough job, tough job these days. And, you know, in, in seasons gone by, I, you know, a lot of clubs have, have almost sort of dismissed, never mind that the Europa Conference, uh, some clubs have, or supporters have said they almost regret the fact that they're getting in the Europa League before it's happened. They're like, oh, it's going to have a massive effect on our season domestically. Uh, Wolves, for example, you know, people were saying that, although Wolves cope pretty well, I think, in their first season. But it's it's a huge thing to come to terms with, really. Um, you know, and I think that has had an effect as well. It's not, not an excuse at all. Like I say it's part and parcel of of reaching your goals, really, is, you know, striving for success. And it's part of the, the club's development, really. You know, you look at it and... Okay, if you're going to get consistently challenged stroke B in Europe, then you've, you've got a right to sort of say to the recruitment board or the chairman, etc. Okay, I need, need more um, availability of players, you know, the depth of squad to deal with this. That will move forward. I think, I think you need, like I said earlier, you need to look at the bigger picture, really. Um, having said that, best of me to improve their results was really of late. You can't use it as a total excuse. People people say, oh, it's just a bit of a cop-out, etc. But, you know, they are justifiable reasons, the injuries as well. But having said that, I think generally, Leicester, I think you can see the areas where Leicester need to improve. And the players, players themselves will see it, Brendan Rodgers will see it. They need to do something about it sooner or later. And that, and that can start, Ewan, as we know, on Wednesday. Uh, against a team that you've referenced there are already relegated. They had a really poor result at the weekend. It's, it's, a, it's probably, if you could pick a game in the Premier League to have, it would be home to Norwich at the moment. Yeah. You know, that defeat yesterday, there's only... Less than at the King Power this season, they've been a tough team to beat. It was only the, the, the club's second home defeat in their last 11 games. And I've spoken about the Spurs one and the manner that, that they lost that game. They should never have lost it. First home defeat in Sen. It came out of nowhere, really, but we've spoken about the reasons why we think Everton had the, the upper hand yesterday, so we won't go there again. And I do think, do think Wednesday night is a great opportunity. You know, what does Brendan do? Does, does, he, does he make changes again? I mean, and let's not forget, Dan, you know, we've spoken about injuries. The main man has been missing for many, many weeks. Jamie Vardy's been been missed for nearly the whole of, of the second half of this season. You know, you you take anybody from any team who scored the amount of goals that Jamie Vardy has for Leicester, he's going to be massively missed. It's an impossible hole to fill. You've got to spend millions in in replacing that type of centre forward. So we're not making excuses. You know, Wesley Favana. Missed, has missed the majority, probably the club's best defender. You know, we're not making excuses. They're facts. They are facts. I don't care what anybody says. But yeah, I, I'd fully expect Leicester to bounce back on, on, on Wednesday and get back to winning ways against, against Norwich City. 
Hopefully they do. Uh, right, a week today is the uh, end of season dinner, the end of season awards for Leicester City for both uh, the men's team, the women's team, the academy uh, and the development squad as well. So I thought I'd ask these two uh, their opinions on a couple of the awards. So I'll just run you through the awards that, that are on offer to win next week. There's the uh, men's player of the season, women's player of the season, both uh, men's and women's uh, players player of the season, both men's and women's um, goal of the season. We've got men's young player of the season as well, men's and women's academy player of the season and men's development squad uh, player of the season. So plenty of awards up for grabs uh, for both the men and women then next week. Um, the voting is out for, for all Leicester City fans. They can uh, have their say on certain awards, pretty much all of them apart from obviously uh, players, player of the season. So I'm going to ask you two, where are your votes heading then? Uh, Matt, firstly, men's player of the season. Who do you think it will be? Who is getting your vote? Not straightforward as, as you might think. Well, certainly this season, really. I mean, straight away, I think the players that have played for the majority of the season, um, and there haven't been that many because of the disastrous injury issues that Leicester have had. Uh, you know, Tillerman springs to mind, but it, being honest, he hasn't had his his most productive season, his best season, has he? You know, but he's churned out the performances, I'll give him that. Um, Casper Michael has to be in the equation, I think. I know he's had his critics in, in certain ways, uh, certain areas of the game. But if you think back across the breadth of the whole season, he hasn't done too much wrong and quite a bit right, despite Leicester's you know, below par, shall we say, overall results. Um, if it's the second half of the season, I think there's only one winner, to be honest. But you have to take it over the court duration of the campaign. But Dewsbury Hall, second half of the season, has been fans' favourite. Everyone's favourite, I think, pretty much. Brendan Rogers' favourite. <laughs> uh, so he'll be in the running. I think he'll be in the running, really. It's been that sort of season. Last one, James Madison, yeah. Again, you forget how long he was out for. Injury-wise, but wasn't at his best at the start of the season. Came back for a period, did well, and he's had a stop-start season. But you know, you and you know, rightly mentioned him earlier in terms of his you know, assists and goals and quality of goals as well, isn't it? Oh, tricky one, <laughs> tricky one, really. He's tricky. I'm, I'm trying. How, to make how many? Decision. How many more of the current squad can you mention? Do you think? Do you reckon you can get them all? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's it. That's my, that's my point, really. There are, but none of them have had a, a standout season, have they? In truth, this was. I'm trying to make a decision while I was waffling. You know, <laughs> I'll go for. You've semi-decided, have you, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, do you know what? <laughs> I don't. Uh, Hall. There we go. He's also in the running, by the way, for young men's young player of the season as well. So he can have that one. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely um, without doubt. So... But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Go on, on to yeah. Ewan. What do you reckon? Yeah. No, no. Um, Matt, Matt thinks Kim just. How about you, Ewan? I I agree that 
well, Casper Schmeichel should be in 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 the reckoning. You know, similar vital saves that he's made on early early door early on in 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 games as well. But those are the two names that that spring to my mind immediately. Immediately, uh, Dewsbury Hall uh, and James Madison. I mean, Dewsbury Hall has been outstanding since since the very first second he set foot on the Premier League pitch. He he hasn't looked out of place. He got so. So many strengths, you know. His honest endeavour, his energy levels. Um, he's got that little bit of devilment in him that, as well that that you need. You know, he, he can pick a pass. His work rate is phenomenal. But I'm gonna go with James Madison. I think you know, 14 goals. Uh, I think it's his second best season in his career. As, as Every single goal has been an absolute worldie as well. You know, the quality of goals that he scored has been top class. His assists, I mean, a few weeks ago, he was the highest assist uh, scorer of go- English scorer of goals. Um, I think he had 21 altogether. So he, I think he's, he's been tremendous. And I think of late, I think he's been, been the best player. You know? And without him, without him in, in, in the starting 11, it's, it's a big hole to miss because I don't think anybody's got the the guile and the creativity that he brings to the team. So just, but Jusby Hall has been magnificent. Yeah, James Madison, top of Leicester City's both their goals and assist charts uh, this season. Albeit he's he's joint top of the assists with uh, Harvey Barnes and Clechi and Acho, but joint top of one, top of the other. Um, you'll be hard pressed to find maybe a better player than James Madison could be Keenan Jewsbury Hall as well but uh, you can have your say on lcfc.com though for whoever you think uh, deserves to be the LCFC men's player of the season you can have your say of course on all of those other categories that I mentioned earlier uh, the only other one that I'm going to ask these two though about for now is goal of the season um, Yuri Tiedemans against Manchester United these are the nominations so Tiedemans against Manchester United Tielemans again against Brentford. Harvey Barnes against Leeds away. Uh, Keenan Jusby Hall in Napoli. Uh, Madison against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup. James Madison's first goal against Randers. Old Brighton against Wren. Castagna against Brentford. Madison against Brentford. And Keenan Jusby Hall against Crystal Palace. So that was in um, obviously chronological order from the, the start of the season to the end. And I started with Matt last time, so Ewan, you can uh, you can go first. What's your goal? Because it's a really Dan, tough choice. If Dan, players play, if players play of the season was tough, this is even tougher, I think. This is a tough decision. I mean, there's some unbelievable strikes there. You know, all Brighton strike against um, Ren. What a strike that was! You know, James Madison. I think he could have a competition for goal of the season on his own. The, the goals that he scored, you know, the, 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 two, the two goals at Randers, one, the free kick was absolutely superb. I think he scored a free, uh, he scored a goal at Burnley with his left foot as well um, in, in a win up there. Um, at the time, I, I, I was at Brentford and I'd seen, I'd seen Yuri's goal against Manny and I thought that was a fantastic goal. And then we had this debate after the Brentford strike, which was the best and I sort of, I went, for, for the goal that he scored against Man U, where he sort of had nowhere else to put it and to get it so precise that skill is unbelievable to lift it over the goalkeeper who's six foot four six foot five and at the time I sort of sided yeah I thought that was a better goal but having seen them again and I was there I, I witnessed it live that strike at Brentford and 
I mean, you you will never ever see one hit sweeter. I mean, it was a fantastic goal, and it you know beat David Wright. It gone past him before it it, right, it hit the back of that before he'd even realised what what had happened. It was a it was a fantastic goal, and and I'll go for that one. But I mean, that's a tough tough job to decide which one's going to win. Uh, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I'm similar thoughts to you, and to be honest, uh, <laughs> that. That goal from Tinman's against Manu, I thought was exquisite. Like an unusual finish, and there's still debate about whether he meant it or not. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, say he did. <laughs> Has anyone actually asked him? By the way, uh, mind you, you know what his answer is going to be, don't you? But um, yeah, it was a goal you don't see every season, even never mind every week. Um, you know, so I'd like to see someone with a bit of sort of individuality. But that strike, yeah, that you mentioned, it, it was so it was like a sledgehammer of a shot, but it was a graceful sledgehammer, wasn't it? It, it wasn't ballooned in the back of the net. It was it was the timing of it. It was so sweet and it travelled so swiftly, didn't it? I think Madison's, you know, he'll be in he'll be in the top three. Bronze is probably the best he'll get, I think. Tillman's second and first, and I think in the order that me and Ewan have mentioned, yeah. Yeah, I think you'd be hard-pressed again to, to disagree. But if you do disagree, uh, you can head to lcfc.com to vote for your favourite. It was a quite an important weekend, wasn't it? Both the top end of the table and the bottom end of the table in the Premier League. What caught your eye, Matt? Um, well, not regarding relegation, but in terms of results, the 4-0 Brighton against Man United, yeah, that's yeah. not relevant to what we're talking about. Um, well, Everton, obviously, we saw, saw that and what developed there. Burnley was a little bit of a surprise, wasn't it? You know, that, I didn't see the game, obviously, but I don't know. The scoreline suggests that it was Because they only scored late on as well, didn't they? 3-0 down against Villa. You're thinking, that's a surprisingly poor effort, considering the stakes. But uh, Leeds, you know, more understandable. Arsenal going pretty well, looking strong, aren't they, for that Champions League spot. But I suppose it's just the way that everything's changed so quickly, hasn't it? You know, the, the picture. Leeds were pretty much patting themselves on the back at one stage for thinking they were safe. I know they still had work to do, you know, at every stage, but Everton looked doomed, didn't they, really? <laughs> you thought when Burnley got that win last weekend, was it Watford? Um, you thought, that's it. It's, it's pretty much over. Um, you know, five points, but we should have known better, really. They've got themselves out of it, Everton, in terms of the bottom three slots. Leeds, you just think, oh, you think they've had their sort of rejuvenation um, after Bielsa going and Marsh coming in, a couple of games to adjust to it, and then they had an upturn in fortunes, and now they look lost again, don't they? And they look, I mean, I suppose it's obvious to say because they're in that 17 spot slot, but they look favourites to go, don't they? You see, Everton look favourites to stay up. Burnley have got a difficult running, as do Leeds, really. But 
I think Leeds have been, I think Leeds have given as good as they can give. I think, I know they've probably got more ability in their team throughout with individuals than Burnley. So they've got people who can win games, match winners for them. But I just think they look so fragile in the amount of goals they concede. And I think surprisingly, I think they're going to be the ones who bite the bullet. What do you reckon, Ewan? Do you know what? I've got a, I've got a feeling, even though they've, they've done unbelievably well since they got rid of, of Sean Dice, I mean, that was a massive wake-up call for Burnley uh, at Turf Moor on Saturday. To, to, cause I think Villa were in, were in a shocking run of form as well, uh, going, into, going into that game. Uh, and to lose in, in that manner, so easily turned over at home, um, to a team in poor form, and you look at, yeah, Leeds. They're in dreadful form as well. I mean, they didn't help themselves when Luke Ayling got sent off for the stupid challenge yesterday when they were two 0 down. I mean, they showed a lot of character in the second half, to be fair, and, and got that goal back, but never looked like taking anything. If you look at, I mean, Burnley's games. They've got to go to Spurs next. They've got to go to Aston Villa which won't be easy, and they've got a home game against Newcastle. Leeds, I think their two games at Ellen Road is going to be massively important. Then they've got Chelsea, and you just don't know what you're going to get off Chelsea these days. I mean, they were cruising against Wolves, 2-0 um, up, Wolves down to 10 men, but you know, throw a good two-goal lead away and, and Wolves leave with a point. Then they've, they've got Brighton at home, and I know Brighton had that magnificent result against Manchester United and then they, they go to Brentford on the last day of the season which won't be easy and just look at those those two home games for Leeds and if they can get four points from those two home games uh, they're all ifs and buts Dan. We, we know that I just get a feeling after what happened to Sean Dyche um, even though the, the the results were positive after he left until Villa, the, until Villa went up there and turned them over I get the feeling that they could be the third team that goes down along with Watford and, uh, and Norwich. Uh, nice little segue, <clears throat> excuse me, nice little segue into uh, to the end of the show, into our football Jenga there. Uh, Ewan's last word there was Norwich. We know Leicester are playing Norwich, of course, on Wednesday. So, if I'd go back and look at games between Norwich and Leicester and married up a time when both of you played for both of those clubs. So, on the 5th of October, 2002, Norwich and Leicester played out a nil-nil draw at Carrow Road. I just want anyone that was in the starting 11 or the substitutes that day for Norwich and Leicester, please. <clears throat> now, whether or not you two agree, if you agree on this, I was thinking of giving you sort of one life each, just because with ones like this, Sometimes if you pick an obvious player that played at that time, he might have been randomly out injured or suspended for that game. So it's up to you if you want a live feed or if you just want to play it as normal. Should we have a live feed each, Matty? Matty? Just yeah. the one? Yeah, only one, yeah. yeah. Not good all day. Yeah, go on, let's have a live feed then, come on in. Yeah, right, Matt, go first then. No, can you and go first, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for myself. Yeah. I'll go for myself then. I can't remember the game. Yeah, it was nil-nil. This might jog your memory. There was nine yellow cards. Six of those, six for Leicester players. 
Matt, you weren't one of them, but you and you were one of them. Was I? No way. Did I smash Matt? Did I get you, Matt? Did I get you back <laughs> breaking my ribs all those yeah, years ago? Yeah, it's trying to get revenge, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, know, I kept an eye out for you. I knew you were coming. I'm going to go for Craig Fleming. Yeah. Do you know what? I've got no recollection of this game, but how bad's that? 2002. So the 2002-3 season is in October. So that's with... Hang on, that's Mickey Adams, isn't it? Is it? Well, 2002-2003, so post-Filbert Street. Yeah. Yeah, we got promoted, didn't we? So this is the season. Oh, did I play in that game? You just answered yourself. <laughs> no, I know. No, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to remember. Who's your partner? I, I, I Who was your partner? Who, who you play next to? You must remember that, surely. Mate, I hardly played that season. Mickey Adams was trying to edge me out. Um, I'm going to have to go tag. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Adam Drury. Yeah. Muzi is it? Oh, he's on a roll now, isn't he? On a roll. Um, Malky Mackay. Malky Mackay. There's a name. That was Peter Taylor. I'm getting confused with different. They're right. Was Sav still there? Mm. He wasn't. Oh, there's my life then. How's your life gone? Well, the kettle's on anyway. Kettle's on. <laughs> I'm going to go Rob, Rob Green. Well, he wasn't in this squad anyway, Matt, by the way. Right, OK. They might have left by then, might not they? He had left, didn't they? Yeah. Um, that was poor shout. Poor shout. Let's go. Paul Dickov. Morning, you. Uh, is that right then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, Phil Will Ryan. Yeah. James Scowcroft. Correct. Darren Kenton. Yeah. Who's <laughs> answering? I should remember more. I was just trying to think around that. Because there were so many players that were coming and going. Les Ferdinand. No. No, that's you, that's you gone, Matt, I'm afraid. Yeah, out. Not a poor effort. Les well, was I was a poor effort. I was expecting better from you there. Are you and just get one to win it. Paul McVeigh? Yeah, well done. I think you could have probably mentioned said the whole squad there. Uh, so Norwich-wise, Chris Llewellyn, David Nielsen, Gary Holt, Neil uh, Emblem, Nicky Southall, Paul Crichton, Steen, Nedegaard and Zemmer Abbey. And then from a lesser point of view, Alan Rogers, Andy Impey, Billy McKinley, Brian Dean, Callum Davidson, Frank Sinclair, Ian Walker, Nicky Summerby, Simon Royce, Stefan Oates, Trevor Benjamin. 
Did you say that was in the championship? Well, it was in the championship. Yeah, it was in the championship. Yeah, that's why I'm getting confused, you know, because I was thinking that was the championship team. I could have picked more. Oh, I messed up. <laughs> What's that? Is that the kettle? <laughs> why are you telling me? Yeah, we had a whole influx of players. I was thinking that was the Premier League the following season. We got promoted that year. Yeah. I could have named most Nick, Nicky, Summerby, and Billy McKinley. You'd gone down, obviously, at the end of the Filbert Street season, and then that was the start of that. Yeah. Season. Sorry, I didn't. Hear, I didn't even say. That's why I could probably can't remember the game. I'm thinking the Premier League, and it didn't even happen. <laughs> A little, a little bit of a Walshy moment there from Matt. Yeah, Bernard. I did, I did, to be fair, because Les wasn't even there then, Ferdinand, and Sam had gone. Oh, well. Oh, well. It wasn't your best question, Batesy, anyway, was it? I think it's a good I one, Batesy. It's quite it's nice to add the two of you in. Yeah. We've both done that. Yeah. I think Ewan did well there, so. <laughs> Just you, you, you were poor there, mate. <laughs> um, right, we'll be back again on Wednesday, of course. The two of you are both joining us on Wednesday for the uh, the Norwich coverage. It's a 7.45 kickoff at King Power Stadium. So join us for Match Day Live from 6.15. But thank you very much to Ewan Roberts and to Matt Elliott for their company today.